Welcome to Midweek Liberty, a podcast where we hope to inspire your mind to critical thinking. I am Jay Dylan Proctor, and with me here in Cord Purgatory is Anthony Allegria. So you wanted to use a different name, but um, we cannot self-identify and choose our own names and nicknames, so that's an important rule for life. Um, but thank you for joining us today. Today we're going to be talking about the Turpin family. You may have heard about this here recently. Um, we're also going to be talking about the issue of education, particularly being the choices of public, private, and homeschooling. It's something which has come up in the conversation of the Turpin family. And we're going to touch on that a little bit. But also, later in the program today, we're going to be introducing Rachel Sorensen. Those of you who may follow us here at Kingdom of the Lagos, which is where Midweek Liberty comes from, um, of course, you'll know Amanda Sparrow, and there's some other faces you may be familiar with, but we're looking to bring more people in, and Rachel Sorensen is one of those people, so we'll be getting a, a preview of her towards the end. But let's go ahead and begin today by talking about the Turpins. So if you're not familiar with the Turpin family and the things which have gone on with that here in the, the last few days, let me give you a quick overview. Um, David and Louise Turpin have been holding their 13 children captive in their home for, for years. They've been holding their children captive. They've had them chained to a furniture. They've been abusing and torturing their children. Um, like I said, for, for many years now, and this has been going on for a while, and they were only recently discovered when their 17-year-old daughter escaped and was able to get in touch with the police. So they've been doing this for quite a while, and they've just now been called out um, doing this. And I do want to take a moment here to point out that this is evil. I know our culture has had a really hard time with morality here recently in the last few years. Um, so let's all take a moment and all come to the understanding that this is, in fact, evil. Holding your children captive, torturing them, uh, not treating your children correctly, not giving them the things they need to succeed in life, this is unmistakably evil. The children ranged in age from around 2 years to 29 years old. Um, they've been suffering from various muscle wasting, stunted growth, cognitive impairment, and nerve damage. And of course, in the midst of all this, they're malnourished as well. Um, but unfortunately, that's a bit of a given in such a, a hellish state which these children have been kept in. And I would like to say all this information is shared by Vicki Oliphant at The Express. So that's where we've had our source for this. Um, I do want to just take a moment and articulate that this is clearly evil. Um, Anthony, can I get you to, to tell me, is this something that is just external or is this, is this evil? Well, uh, this is certainly not anything external. I definitely, um, I think it's obvious to recognize that the most influential factor uh, as to why they made this, the decision to torture their children is internal. Yes. They're internal factors. They're not external factors. There's, I couldn't imagine anything on the outside to influence them to do something like that. Yeah. And, you know, especially like, you got to imagine, I mean, I bet you they're living in like a, a decent neighborhood. Nothing that's like third world country or anything. And this, these were just normal people before. You know, I assume they had some sort of job or whatever. And, yeah. you know, it it just, there's some things to learn from that, that these yeah, things he, can happen this on guy any street. This guy worked for, for Lockheed Martin, actually, which is a pretty substantial and reputable company for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, this is evil. Um, again, we're going to have a conversation about schooling here in a moment because a lot of people have been trying to say, oh, this is what homeschooling does. People have tried to have some sort of causal relationship with the fact that the Turpins were homeschooling their children and this great atrocity happened. But no, this is evil. Anthony, you have you have stated it. I have stated it. Um, this is clearly evil. We can verify that this is evil. This is a, a personal sin problem. We can, If we were to reproduce this situation, it would be evil. 
and we can rely on the fact that similar situations where people are being held captive in homes, being chained to furniture, being tortured, beaten, this is this is evil. Um, let's have some moral clarity here. Yeah, I will say there's certainly no um, homeschooling factors that are going to cause something like this. No, and yeah. I would like to point out homeschooling is a medium, just like going to get your education at public school, private school. The the source of education is a medium. The the big thing that matters is that you have quality people who are actually interested in, in educating you and not just turning into you some sort of ideological activist, but actually developing you as an individual who can critically think, giving children the right environment for cognitive development to happen in a healthy manner. Again, that starts in the home in an early age. We as a society, we've got to get back to teaching moral architecture to not only adults, but especially to children, especially young children. It's important to to be there to teach kids the, the tools for life in an early age. And it's important to talk about education in the Turpin situation because for some bizarre reason, our culture doesn't ever want to call evil for what it is, being evil. And they've tried to have all of these ways of, of rationalizing what has happened here. And there's been a lot of articles come out. You can find them all over the internet where people have been saying, Homeschooling is is basically the cause of it. To get to the sentiment on what a people a lot of people are arguing is that homeschooling causes this. No, this is this is a, a sin problem. But there are a lot of reasons why people will not call the Turpins out for being evil. They'll want to to misdirect the blame on somewhere. Um, and of course, one of the big reasons of that is is people like big government. They want the government to have control of education. They see this as a, a place to you know never let a tragedy go to waste. They're going to seize the Turpin case to make a a, a push for, for more government regulation on, on how families educate their own people. Um, no, that is inappropriate. What these parents did was evil. Moving along. A, a second reason that people might try to misdirect this is because many people in our society, in the West, in our culture, they believe that people are naturally good, that people aren't actually capable of evil. And in, even if they don't go so far to say that people are naturally good, they may believe that people are naturally just neutral. They're amoral beings. Therefore, if people do bad behavior, it's always the resort of some external influence. We've seen this happen a lot in our culture lately. Um, we've seen this all the way back to 2013 with the, the Michael Brown incident. Um, people, they don't ever like to put personal responsibility on, on certain groups. They always like to say, well, it's because they were in this environment this happened. You know, sure, all rational people realize environment plays a role, but there's still personal responsibility that is at, at play. Um a lot of people really don't want to concede that, so they can't put call this as being evil. In the recent film, Wonder Woman, we've done a lot here at Kingdom of the Logos on our various programs talking about that, not just me, but Amanda and several others. In this, the story of Wonder Woman, um, Diana, she, she can't rationalize that people would be engaged in war without the influence of Ares. She wants to put all the blame on Ares. As the story unfolds, she learns that, well, people actually sometimes just do evil. Um, it's not always the, the cause as a result of an outside influence. Um, so reason number three is secular culture doesn't actually have the moral capacity or the moral tools to identify evil properly. That's another reason why people won't call this for what it is. And reason number four is our culture advocates this notion of your truth, um, where every individual has a, a personal truth, and it and our culture doesn't want to admit how illogical that is. It's just silly for everybody to have air quotes, your truth. Um, recently, Oprah made the, the speech about everyone embracing your truth instead of the truth. And you know, there's a big problem with that. Because sometimes your truth means chaining your children to furniture in your house and torturing them. Um, that is not a good truth. Um, 
having your truth is not a good thing. Some people may have um, a good grasp on truth, and if they live out what they perceive as their truth, they may not cause much harm to the world. But some people, when we allow this sort of thinking to to take hold in our society, some people will say, well, my truth is chaining my kids to a piece of furniture. If, if everybody's truth is all that matters, why why should that be any worse than anyone else's truth? Um, so again, I'm going to ask Anthony some put you on the spot questions. Anthony, uh, what, or should I say, who is identified as having a nature that is truth? Well, who's, who's Jesus nature is says truth? that he is the way, the truth, and the light. So I suppose Jesus. All right. But let me say that again. Um, we were both talking there for a second. So who's Nature is identified as being truth? Jesus. Very good. Um, yes, this is important to, to articulate. Um, we, we as Christians, as believers, we understand there, there is a truth which does not, it's not a, a humanistic, it comes, if I can just find the inner uh, sanctum of my heart, if I just identify as whatever I want to be, that that is the truth that matters. Um, we understand that there is a, a source of truth which transcends all of us. Um, sometimes we get things horribly wrong. Sometimes we do things which are bad. Some things we do things which are tragic. Some things we do outright evil. Um, well, I would like to point out too that you know, as Christians, we have we have a special responsibility to recognize an abstract, independent truth of humanity that yeah. there is more to truth than what humans feel about it. But even pragmatically speaking, you can look at the world and regardless of what you think about anything, it exists. Yeah, you know. So whether or not I think that a tree or wood is hard or whether or not I think that a piece of paper is slim, either way, that is the truth, yeah. you know, and people should recognize that, especially Christians as, you know, our belief system. Yeah. Well, reason number five I have on here and why people have a hard time calling the Turpins as they are, as this is a, a big sin and evil problem, um, as many people in our culture are so convicted by this ideology of collectivism. They see people as groups, and they can't see people as individuals with personal merit and personal responsibility. They see through this lens of collectivism to the to the pathological end of it. If they, they look at the Turpins and they're like, oh, well, this is a, a white family with 13 kids and they've homeschooled. We can use this to beat up on, on white people. We can use it to beat up on homeschooling. They see it as groups, and plus, they don't believe in personal responsibility, so it can't be these people's fault at all. It must be the fault of the group or whatever larger connection they can make. And the pathological extreme collectivism that many people ascribe to is, is one of the reasons why people can't call this for what it is. Again, in the kingdom of God, there is a balance between being a part of the body and also being a transformed and born-again individual. You have to have those two things balanced out. Um, so that's that. Well, anyways, here's the deal. Um, the sin in this situation belongs to the parents. Um, homeschooling was a medium for education. In this case, it was a medium for, for some bad things to happen, but it wasn't a medium that was being used for education. They were keeping their kids there for malicious and, and evil purposes. Um, private and public schools are also mediums for education, just as homeschooling is, but the big thing that matters is our kids being educated by people who are equipped and interested in, in creating an environment for healthy cognitive development where kids are actually getting the tools to be healthy people. Um, so I would like to, to throw that out there is it's not so much that we, we get together and we debate which medium is the best. We have to get together and articulate having quality people interested in education is what matters more than the medium by which education manifests. 
Of course, I'd like to throw out a few words and, and share that my mother, um, she's a school teacher, and she's been teaching kids for as long as I've been alive. And um, mediums are, are very important, but the quality of, of education matters a lot more than how that medium is conveyed. Um, we do need to work on our education system and the, our, our culture here in the West, especially the college level. Um, but the issue of the Turpins is a personal moral issue. It's not an issue of the education system, which they, they claim to employ. Or, or they even did employ it. Was just sort of a corrupted version of it. Um, yeah. To add to that, um, you know, backtracking a little bit to your first point you made earlier about the people who want to resort to government regulation to solve problems like this in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we were making the point that this is their individual response. They are the ones individually responsible for this. Yeah. And that, you know, they should be the ones that pay the repercussions. And obviously oh, not yeah. everybody should under the government. But, you know, a lot of those people wouldn't necessarily disagree who want the government regulation. Like, they think it's evil, too, I assume. Otherwise, hopefully they wouldn't want it. But um, regardless of that, they're entering with the premise that it's okay to regulate yeah. other people regardless of anything factual. Yeah. You know, I mean, the odds of something like this ever happening again pretty low very low actually yeah. especially you know people are going to do do what they're going to do regardless of certain regulations and um you know i i feel more libertarian on this you know i think that people should be able to homeschool their children if they want to and yeah. um you know i just wanted to point out that really it's just the incorrect premise that you can tell people what to do. Yeah, and, and to the point earlier, I'm not making a straw man argument saying that that everybody who doesn't agree with me it, or doesn't call this a sin problem is condoning it. I realize just about anybody who sees this is going to have some sort of um, understanding that this is wrong. My my point that I'd like to make in this is we have to identify this as being a, a moral issue and a personal moral issue. It's not an external moral issue that a lot of people want to make this out to be. And again, the reason why people react and say, well, we've got to regulate homeschooling is because they, they see it as an external issue that, that can be changed if you can change the external circumstances. In other words, if you can bring in regulatory um, structures around that, if you can have all these tools of, of government involvements and you can now curb this, you're not going to curb people doing evil by external forces. The only way that you can curb this is you actually teach people to have a good moral architecture and not to, to give into these things. And sometimes when people slip through those cracks, they don't involve themselves. Again, personality is very interesting. It's very rooted in biological um, origins. And sometimes people have antisocial personalities where they're going to do evil anyway. And in those cases, we need to have the moral awareness around it. Again, a government policy isn't going to stop this, but neighbors and things being involved, seeing the, the, the risk factors in hand, stepping in, people, again, having personal responsibility is how we, we answer this. And that's my basic point in this whole argument is not to have a straw man and say, well, nobody um, that doesn't say this is a sin or evil problem is they're condoning it. My point is saying we have to identify this as people use their personal agency terribly in this situation. People chose and used their will to do evil, and they shouldn't have done that. Um, and the solution is at the, the personal responsibility level. So back to the, the conversation about education earlier, because we did bring it up, and I do want to spend a, a little bit of time talking about that. Um, many people who even create public policy for education at the public school level, a lot of this is done by people who haven't taught and they're not in the classroom, 
And they, they come from the same mentality I described earlier, it's the, the collectivist mindset where they want this one-size-fits-all education. I mean, that's basically the premise of Common Core. Um, and I know so many teachers who, who can't stand this. Not only has it put a lot of undue duress on the teachers, most teachers realize, I mean, teachers, public school teachers who are actually interested in teaching kids, they realize that, that children are different. They learn different. They have different skills. A one-size-fits-all doesn't help kids at all. And a lot of teachers that I know, not just my mother, but some of the other ones that I know, get really frustrated with that. They want to be able to help kids, but you have people who have these solutions, which don't involve personal responsibility or, or personal involvement, um, trying to create solutions for that. And that's just a big problem. Well, um, I think even a, another large issue about all that is that most of the time schools aren't even necessarily directed for the purpose of thinking or learning. I, I mean, really sadly, it, it seems more like almost like they're preparing them for structure, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it seems like the focus of most administrations is keeping the structure sound yeah. instead well, of bringing all oh, like you know thinking and ways of thought yeah. to the children's attention, you know, yeah, and facts that perhaps they haven't ever thought about. Yeah. Um. So all that's there's sure there's a, a structure to it. And I actually think kids do need structure. Um. Yeah, I like that, but you know, I don't like the idea of it being the absolute main focus. You yeah. know, it's well, the, the focus should be preparing kids for life, and you you do see on the other end of of homeschool there are cases where people are homeschooling because their kids are truant or have drug problems. And it's not people who are homeschooling for the purpose of educating their kids. It's it's really the parents furthering their, their own laziness um, and extending that to their kids. And it's a bad situation. So whether your kids are sent to, to homeschool or whether they're, or excuse me, to, to public school, private school or homeschool, just, just know that the main thing that matters is having people actually interested in your kids. And as parents, we need to be personally involved in our kids at a young age, even before they're involved in, in school. And that's what really makes the biggest difference. Do kids have adults in their life who actually want to help the kids out? Um, so in conclusion, before we move along, Anthony, is the problem with the, the Turpins related to their method of schooling? Yes or no? Absolutely not. I don't, um, I don't think so at all. Is it a product of what demographic or tribe that they belong to? No, I do not believe so. Is it a, a personal responsibility problem where they, they personally chose to do evil and sin? Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. And I, okay. I really think, you know, to your point, again, like, this isn't something that is a mass problem, so it shouldn't be handled like a mass solution. The yeah. solution to this is an individual solution. It needs yep. to be taken um, with really precise judgment and yep. accurate, you know directly on this situation. For sure, for sure. All right, well, we're going to change gears a little bit. Um, we're about to, to show a, a clip that is is put together from Rachel Sorison. For those of you who follow us, you'll know that Midweek Liberty, the podcast you're listening to now or viewing, um, is basically the diet version of Tools for Liberty, the podcast we put out every Friday. Midweek Liberty comes out in the middle of the week, and Tools for Liberty comes out on Fridays and Mondays. And Basically, Midweek Liberty doesn't have Pastor Amanda Sparrow with us. Um, she co-hosts with us on Tools for Liberty. Um, but that being said, there are more of us behind the scenes. Um, one of those is Rachel Sorensen, who is a, a former parishioner of mine here in the church where I pastor at Jolton Church of the Nazarene. And let me go ahead and let's just, let's just play this and, and introduce you to Rachel, and then I'll, I'll further articulate. Hey y'all, Dylan asked me to make some videos to talk about some theological topics and I was trying to figure out what would be good to talk about. 
when I was keep coming back to the fact of how do we talk about Jesus in the Bible in terms that people who are not familiar with Jesus or the Bible can understand. Because if you walk up to someone and start talking about sanctification, they're going to look at you like you're a little bit strange. But if you walk up to them and talk about living a lifestyle that is good and trying to live it in a way that helps others, they're going to say, okay, that makes more sense. So for instance, where I work, most people have our English as a second language. So I have to think about ways in which I can talk about Jesus in a way that they understand. So there's science is very important to me. So one of the days I was trying to explain fundamentalism, which is when you take the Bible literally for every single thing was written is supposed to be taken literally, which is one way to view the Bible or the viewing the Bible as distinct units in which you look at it and you say, okay, this book was written in the style of a letter. We need to keep that in mind. This part has things that are like a hymn or a song. This is a poem. So we need to understand that there's some exaggeration here. So trying to figure that out. But here I am at work and most people don't understand terms like Calvinism, literal, Literal, literalists versus like understanding the Bible as more fluid, so understanding different genres, so not taking it literally, so a fundamentalist versus a non-fundamentalist, if you know those theological terms, A+. plus. If you don't, hold on. So we're trying to figure out ways to talk about it, and what came to my mind is the idea of a protocol. So in science, you have protocols that you follow, which are kind of like a recipe card, but for science. So I'm sitting there trying to explain how the Bible, if you believe, if you're a fundamentalist, you believe that the that God gave a certain protocol in the Bible that has to be followed. So like, you know, you have your great aunt Ruby's recipe card that you have to follow in order for those of you who are not in science, which really worked because they understood it. So I got, it made me think, I was like, okay, what are things in your life that you can use to help explain the gospel and the Bible to other people? What are things that we think about every day? Because those conversations are easy to segue into the church. So for instance, I know that it's very important to be able to uh, have certain guns and weapons in Tennessee. We can't have those up here. That's just how my state is. But when you're talking about it, like how does a gun relate to the gospel? How can you use it as a tool to help people understand complex theological terms? I don't know. I'm giving Dylan that challenge to let you know. So you need to go find him because he'll probably have this really crazy ex explanation. But what about music? How can we use music and talk about the chords and the riffs in a way that we can use to help explain the Bible and things in the Bible that are more complicated? So my challenge is for you to think about different ways of viewing your life as tools to talk about the gospel, talk about the Bible, break down those complex theological terms that I know Dylan is making you learn, and use them in a way to understand and help other people understand what's going on in the Bible. So that's the first one. I don't know when I'll be back, but it's good to see y'all. Bye. Well, that was Rachel Sorensen, um, and of course she was referencing some of our other videos there. If you'd like to see us talk about holiness and glocks, we've got a video on that. Also, we, we do have other programs that are, aside from the, the more talking-oriented podcast, uh, we do have The Clergy Cops, which is a bit of a comedy. You get to follow and write along with the, the clergy as they responded to various calls, and we, again, just deal with some very important theological issues, and of course, The Joy of Synthesizing, which 
Looks a lot like The Joy of Painting, if you've ever seen that, that one with Bob Ross. But of course, we, we have these things going on. Um, Rachel, we're looking to get her more involved here in the future. We're hoping to have her more involved with not just discussion of things, but we're also hoping to get up there where she's at. She's in the D.C. area. We're hoping to get up there and do some films with her. Um, again, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you, you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or, or comment on us. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, CastBox, or iTunes. Um, CastBox is free. I really like the format there. Um, you can find us on all of these places, whether you have an Android phone or an iPhone. Uh, and you can find us, on, of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash kingdomofthelogos, or you can find us on YouTube just doing a search there. But to wrap up today's program, um, again, Anthony, is the Turpin's problem a personal problem or a societal problem? Definitely the Turpin's problem. Okay. And the parents, that is especially, yes, it just is to a, clarify. A personal sin problem. And for me to be clear on the language, when I say societal problem, I don't mean that our society and culture doesn't have issues. What I mean is, is it society's fault that this family did that? And the answer is no. Personal choices that led to evil is what happened there. And in the, the topic of, of schooling, I've known great people to come out of, of private school, public school, and homeschooling. And I've known people to, to come out of those situations very poorly. The thing which makes the biggest difference is, did they have people involved in their life who cared about them? Did they have parents who were involved? Did they have people set up a structure in life where they could learn? Any final thoughts, Anthony? Well, I think one thing that's really important for administrators or people who are, you know, um, getting involved into homeschooling, which they would be the administrators in, but I think one, a couple things that are important for them to ask themselves is, you know, do they really care especially about the right things. Do they care about the right things concerning their, their child's education? And do they have the proper tools? You know, do they have yep. the tools to execute those cares? Yep. And with that in mind, people don't need to take the tools away from educators either, um, which also means we don't need sophistry to come in and try to, to give mixed message about what actually are good tools. There's a lot of sophistry that comes in with people trying to say, oh, well, they call things tools which really aren't. And that's a whole other issue. We'll get there another day. Well, anyways, I hope you enjoyed our program today. And on that, have a blessed day and enjoy this sweet outro track we have. Again, all of our music is produced locally um, by us here at Kingdom of the Logos. And on that, have a blessed day. <laughs>